it's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 Community Managers, Angie Sparks and Joseph Petrovic, to help you do extraordinary things on ordinary money. Earning points is easy, but finding award flights can be tough. Wouldn't it be great to get alerts when that elusive award space opens up? Thrifty Traveler Premium does just that. Thrifty Traveler's army of flight deal analysts are searching 24-7 for flight deals. And it's not just cash, but it's for those valuable award flights too. Plus, they've recently simplified their membership tiers to give everyone access to their Premium Plus tiers. You can set filters to only get the type of alerts you are interested in, whether that be domestic, international, economy, or business. Or if you love the unique one-off flights, check out their new Nerd Alert feature. Never miss another award deal by subscribing to Thrifty Traveler Premium. Use the promo code AT101 for $10 off your first year of Thrifty Traveler Premium Plus and get deal and award alerts straight to your inbox. Welcome to episode 38 of the Award Travel 101 podcast. I'm Angie Sparks, and joining me this week is fellow community manager and my travel buddy, Allison Carraway. Hey, how are you? Good. Hi, Angie. We just saw each other like a few days ago coming back from our big trip. So (laughs) one week ago today, I know. Uh Gosh, and I still have my lovely souvenir with my beautiful cold that I brought back. It's fine. How's How's your jet lag? I'm getting better. I I don't know if it's the cold medicine. You know how like I hate this when you take when you buy cold medicine and it comes, you know, like, oh, it's supposed to be for six hours. Well, I kind of want to sleep for longer than six hours. So if I take it at six, you know, ten o'clock at night, four o'clock in the morning, I'm like sniffing and coughing and whatnot. Like, this isn't <laughs> working so well. So I don't know if it's jet lag that's waking me up or if it's the fact that my cold medicine stops working, but I'm getting better. I'm able to actually stay awake to my usual time and it's getting closer to waking up at the normal time. What about you? Same. Like I'm at least staying awake to like 9 or 10 p.m. at night now, but I'm still waking up like 3.30 a.m., 4.30 a.m. So that part of it I'm working on. And it's so weird. You wouldn't think that, (laughs) I mean, it's 12 hour time difference. You wouldn't think that we'd be having these issues, but we are. Anyway, so we want to spend a lot of time talking about our trip. So let's get through the other stuff first so we can get to our trip. So our post of the week this week, we have member Elizabeth Holmes Haynes, who had a post saying that she needs to up her hotel redemptions strategies. And basically what happened was she got Hyatt blindness because she has Hyatt status and she wants to earn the points and the nights and everything. So she just only focused in on a specific Hyatt property. Well, it's not that nice of a Hyatt property. As she says, it's okay. It's fine. But right around the corner was this gorgeous Marriott Autograph Collection Hotel. And it, she would have, I guess she has status with them as well. And she could have gotten free breakfast with them, all this stuff. So I don't know. It's kind of a reminder to people to don't just focus in on one thing. And I think we kind of did that a little bit in Bali. Have you done that before? Yeah, I definitely think we had some Hyatt blinders on for one of our hotels in Bali. We'll get into that later on. Also... A few of the trips that we've done this summer for baseball, we stayed at Hyatt, and I don't necessarily know that they were the best choice in the cities we were at. So it seems like we just get that status focus going on and like 
sometimes just make the wrong hotel choice and stay somewhere a little subpar. In Cleveland, I stayed at the autograph or I stayed at the arcade in Cleveland, which is a Hyatt Regency. And I actually got points back because my room where there was so terrible. They (sighs) refunded my point. Oh, my gosh. So like the central part of that hotel is really pretty and historic, but the rooms are like a little run down. And my shower was leaking out under the bathroom floor to the point that the floor was like squishy from rock. (laughs) Pretty nasty. And I did get all my points back. But like I could have stayed at that nicer Marriott that you all stayed at for the meetup. It was very nice. And probably had a much nicer room. It happens to all of us. Yeah. (laughs) See, that's why I don't chase status like that, because that way I can be team free agent and I don't care so much about it. Okay, so what kind of news did we have going on this week? So there's a Hilton point purchase bonus going on right now where you can get 100% bonus on the points that you buy. So I've actually done this before where I needed some Hilton points and I knew I had to stay at this particular hotel. I didn't have any Hilton points. So I kind of just did the math on the cash cash cost of the hotel would have been like $1,300 for the stay. And buying 150,000 Hilton points with the bonus was like $600 or $800. So it definitely made, yeah, a whole lot more sense to just buy the points versus paying cash for the stay. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. A good time to do that. At that point, I didn't have any Hilton cards or Hilton points because I was in Amex jail for so long, which is super frustrating. But these sometimes these points purchase deals work out. Yes. So the next piece of news is not a good piece of news. We've talked before, um, or talked with Joe before about some of our favorite tools that we like to use And basically, we've got some tools that they're kind of like the Google flights for award searches. There's points.me, points.yeah, Rome, and then there's like seats.arrow and um, expert flyer that can help you, you know, track and search for award availability. Well, just this past week, seats.arrow got a cease and desist order from Aeroplan that they are not allowed to use, track their stuff anymore or go searching for it. And expert flyer pulled off all of the Star Alliance carriers off of their website. And it's it's basically, you know, that, that program now is fundamentally useless because you already couldn't track the Middle Eastern carriers. I don't think you could even track Delta. And now you can't transfer, track any of the Star Alliance carriers. It's kind of like, yeah. So I got that email from them and I promptly went into my settings and turned off my auto renew. You're a big Seats Aero fan though. So have you seen anything with this? I haven't really been looking for flights lately, so I haven't noticed. Somebody had said that they pulled life miles off of Seats.Aero and pulling Air Canada, if they have to comply with that cease and desist, will be a total bummer. Air Canada has been one of my favorite programs because they have the most transfer partners, but they've also been blocking a lot of their partners and they're kind of blaming it on these award tools, making it too easy for people to have access to find these flights. So we'll see what happens. Uh, yes, yeah, I really to keep an eye on. I like Seats.Aero. That's how I found my Christmas flights last minute. It just plugged in like USA to Europe and found some flights. And last Christmas, we went to Europe with like five days notice for a week-long Christmas markets trip. Thanks to Seats.Aero's. One of my favorite tools. Yeah, I need to start playing with that a little bit, but I'm worried that it's going to end up giving me that, you know, 
FOMO thing again that's like, oh, look at that trip. No, I can't take another trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as soon as I get on there, I'll probably like come up with a new trip that I need to book. I'm looking for Christmas market or another Christmas trip, maybe not markets again this year, but something to do over Christmas break and then something for spring break still. And I don't have any big trip planned next summer. So I feel like if I get on Arrow and start looking, I'm going to like find something and then lock it in. I think we're almost at the point too, where we should let like some of these deal alert services kind of drive our next trips and vacations. Although I do still have a very long list of places I want to go. Yeah, as far as places you want to go, what are your trip updates? I know you have some stuff booked, so what are you um, going to do with all of them? <laughs> I have nothing new booked that I haven't talked about previously. Everything else is still kind of in limbo. I don't know. I mean, I've got Chicago seminars at the time that this airs. Actually, Chicago seminars will be over, and um, then I'm going up to the Midwest for to see our our kids and for my husband to have a conference. But then after that, the next thing I have booked is I have that trip to Australia book next March, and I have that safari book for next May, but I don't know if P2 is going to want to go on those yet. So I need to pin him down and kind of figure out where he wants to go. And and then once we do that, then we can figure out what we're going to do for our next big girls trip again. So everything's, yeah. kind, of, everything's kind of in limbo, and I'm, I'm not quite to the twitchy stage yet, because at least I do have these two small trips going on, and I've got a lot of stuff I need to do if we're going to sell this house. So it's kind of like, okay, well, I do need to be home for a bit. Plus, I'm getting to the time of year where it's actually nice to be in Florida, and I want to be here and play some golf if I could figure out <laughs> how, to, how to play better golf than what I've been playing. It's been kind of ugly lately. So what about you? <laughs> what kind of trips do you have? The only big thing I have coming up is my Brazil trip. And I was trying to get through our big trip to Bali before I really like focused on this Brazil trip. So I hadn't even booked a hotel oh, for gee. this until this week. I booked something and and it's next month. It is next month. <laughs> and so we picked the Hilton Copacabana because I'm going with a group and like we all had to be like, okay, what points do we have? And none of us had Marriott points, even though the JW is similar. So we're staying at the Hilton and I just booked it last week and me and P2 are in a room with two twin beds because that's all that was left on the standard rate. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So he was kind of like, Ugh. That's really annoying. So I guess hopefully when we get there, we can like talk of it to like, can we at least get a room with one bed? It doesn't yeah. have to be fancy. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a sweet upgrade, but can we at least sleep in the same bed together on vacation? We are married, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been working on my Brazil stuff this week. I still don't love my flights going there. I actually have two things booked. One is positioning to Florida to fly out of Miami. And I got a really good deal on a LATAM flight and it's 20,000 points a piece to get down there in economy. And there is a LATAM. (laughs) (laughs) I know. There is a LATAM status match that just came back around and I can match my American status to LATAM. And I'm pretty sure that I would get their top tier status. And that lets you move up into premium economy just based on status. Oh, but still positioning to Miami to then get to Rio sounds pretty complicated. So I have an American Airlines flight booked directly out of DFW, my home airport here, down to Sao Paulo, and then would just have to connect to Rio. 
but I don't like the points price on that one. So I'm kind of up in the air on what I'm doing with both these flights and maybe something else like opens up close in. So we'll see. How long of a flight is that? Like nine or 10 hours. So it's pretty long. <laughs> That's pretty long. That's pretty long. Although you've done That's... an around the world before in economy. So you could, yeah. you can manage. I don't think I can manage it anymore. I'm such a princess now. I know. I kind of feel the same way, especially like after just coming off this huge trip that you and I just did together and we had Q suites and that yeah. was awesome. And I had, Eddie had business coming home, which was great. So I feel like nine or 10 hours in economy is going to be really, really painful. If I, that that's what I end up doing. <laughs> that will be sad. So sad. I'll just have to have like a lot of beach drinks once I get there, if that's how I actually do end up flying there. Or so. on the flight itself, you would need it. And actually, <laughs> so if you have to do the drinking, you might want to do the positioning in um, Miami rather than having to change flights once you get to South America, because <laughs> it might be easier to do it in the U.S. first. <laughs> True. So what bonuses have you been working on? I have not gotten anything. I closed one of my business platinums just yesterday and I went in today and looked and they reversed the annual fee and I got my final wireless credit on that. So I have a huge negative balance on that account. So I've had to request a check and I'm actually going to call today to Chase to start the the merry-go-round of close my CSR or I'm sorry, product change my CSR to an original freedom that earns the ultimate rewards. And then hopefully a new sub will come out for the CSP, the preferred, and I can apply for that one. I've had it since it launched. So I kind of feel like, I don't know, take it, cutting off a limb or something. It feels really <laughs> weird to cut it off, to close it. I felt the exact same way when I downgraded my CSR and had it since the beginning. I was like, I feel like I'm losing a family member. Yes. <laughs> Which is silly. I shouldn't be this emotionally attached to a credit card. And I've got, you know, the benefits that the card offers. I've got other cards that offer the same thing. So the the only negative is that I'm going to have to um, have P2 on the call and call Chase to reconnect our um, Ultimate Rewards accounts, probably. And did you have to do that? Because right now, his Ultimate Rewards get transferred into my CSR. Well, I'm going to move everything over to my Inc. Plus, and I'm going to have to then somehow have that connected to his ultimate rewards account. Huh. Now that you mentioned it, I bet I have to call also. You're welcome. <laughs> because my T2, yes, my T2 was also connected to my CSR. And I don't think we've transferred points between each other since I made my downgrade move on it. So I'll probably have to call. Joy. As far as I know, <laughs> as far as new cards for me, I got two Hilton cards in July and had been working on the minimum spend for those. And I finished those up right before our trip to Bali. So I didn't really have time to get anything new. I probably could have like rushed and picked something, but I hadn't really like thought about it or strategized on it. So right now I don't have any brand new cards. So I'll have to pick something out. I don't know what I Didn't P2 try to apply for one though the other day and he's in Amex jail? Yes, P2 is still in Amex jail. And... (sighs) When the family changes came out last week about the Amex gold card mm-hmm. and you're not able to get a sub on it if you've got a plat- Amex platinum sub, some of the referrals on the gold card were not showing the updated language yet. So I was like, okay, P2, hurry up and apply for this. Like 
you this might be your only chance at it and he went to apply and he's still in amex pop-up jail so uh, uh, frustrating I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm debating and truly this is almost this is one of those I really don't want the card. I don't need the card, but because I might not be able to get the card, I'm considering I should I should get a Hilton Surpass because both he too and I both have an Aspire, and I have other cards that I use for grocery, so I don't really feel the need to get us have a Surpass. The only way you get a free night certificate on that is if you spend fifteen thousand dollars on it on a year, and I'm not going to do that, but I might not be able to get it, if, and I might yeah. want it. So I don't know, but I probably won't do it. But yeah, I definitely feel with the moves Amex is making, like how is Hilton not on the chopping block next for this family of cards rule kind of stuff? So. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's going to happen. I, I don't want to speak it out into the universe and make it happen, but I just yeah, yeah. I just can't see how it's not going to. But yeah, with everything uh, else, they've added it too. So. I know, I know. Okay, highlight feature. Hey. Let's talk yeah, about our trip to Bali. So we're going to title this episode, doing a $12,000 trip for less than $1,500 out of pocket and some points. So let's talk about our flights. We all flew, all four of us flew Q Suites over on, I flew with one, one of our friends out of O'Hare and we got to Doha and you and the other Texas gal all flew out of different Texas airports and got to Doha actually before us because our flight was delayed. And then we had a nice, lovely layover, long layover in Doha. How did you book yours? Mine was, I'm pretty sure I used City Point to book using Qatar directly. And it was 100,000 points plus around $200 in taxes. I used to be real good at tracking how I booked flights and what I transferred where and how much it costs and stuff. And I really like slacked off and I'm like, oh, it sounds like a good deal to me. And I'll just transfer <laughs> willy nilly and book stuff. As long as it doesn't seem like a bad points price, I just go for it. So <laughs> I, I'm the same I'm, way. I definitely had to go back and like dig through emails and I'll be like, I'm pretty sure this is what I do. Well, I booked similar. I transferred a hundred thousand membership rewards over to British Airways and my BA account and my Cutter account are linked because I have way more MR than I do city thank you points. Um, and I really kind of want to hold on to my thank you points for Turkish. Um, and so, but I think same thing, 100,000 points, $201.50, I guess, in taxes and fees. And of course, if we had waited, it potentially could have shown up on AA for only 75,000 points. But we were able to book it exactly a year out when Cutter released, has not released it to partners yet. And as it was, we couldn't get all four of us on the same flights. We had to be on separate, separate flights getting over to Doha and then separate flights continuing on to Bali because your layover, mine was eight hours, which then ended up getting cut to seven hours with our, our delay leaving Chicago. How long was yours? Mine was a 14 hour overnight layoff layover in Doha. And it was actually kind of cool because they have the Oric Airport Hotel and it's in the airport inside security. And it was just so convenient to be able to meet up with you guys. We lounge hopped between the mm -hmm. Almorjan business class lounges in the Doha airport, which those lounges are fabulous. Like they really huge, are. Yes. Huge food spreads 
huge community space with tons of seating. I can't ever imagine either of the El Morjan lounges getting full. Really great, like, shower facilities. They could store your luggage. Everyone talks about the first class lounge there. And I can't even imagine how incredible it is because these two business class lounges were just insane. Like, so much better than anything here in the U.S. by far. Oh, hands down. Hands down. Yeah. Well, and it was nice because, so our flight got in later and you guys were already in the, the I guess, the old lounge by the bear, which I had never seen the bear because when I flew through there back in March, our flight, we only had like a three-hour layover and we actually had a bus gate and everything. And so by the time we got there, I wanted to hit the lounge. I wanted to take the shower because I knew I had a 15-hour flight ahead of me. And it's like, we came through security, went into the lounge, took a shower, left the lounge, went to our gate, and I never saw the bear. So. We got, you know, Lisa and I got off our flight. We knew where you were and you were like, we're by the bear. I'm like, where's the freaking bear? I want to see it. (laughs) So the guys that check your boarding pass to let you into the lounge, they're like, the bear's like right there. And all I had to do is kind of turn my head. I'm like, oh, there it is. So we went up there. We stored our luggage, had met you guys for some champagne. And then we were going to, we were all going to try and leave the airport since we had such a nice long layover and go see some of the city. And because of our delay, when we went to your hotel for you guys to check in, we asked the front desk, we're like, so if our flight leaves, you know, basically in six hours at this point, can we? Because no, just no, (laughs) you do not have time to leave the airport. So I was surprised that that hotel was like inside security. That's really, really nuts, but it was nice. And you got a good night's sleep, didn't you? Yes, it was so convenient and I slept so good and just like not having to wake up and think about like, oh, I need a shuttle or I need to get a taxi and get myself to the airport. And is it going to be enough time and not having to do that kind of math and just waking up and popping out in the terminal, having some breakfast real quick in the lounge and heading to our gate. We woke up with like maybe like an hour and 20 minutes before boarding and had all the time, all the time in the world to get ready and have breakfast and get on our flight. Oh, that's crazy. Incredibly convenient. <laughs> so I just remembered, I do have one travel hacking thing. I felt like the biggest travel hacker when we did this. So Lisa and I both met in Chicago. We you know, had to position there to catch our, our Q-Suites flight. And I flew up on Southwest and she flew in on Delta. So we flew into the lovely Terminal 5 at um, O'Hare. And Cutter wouldn't let us check in ahead of time and get our boarding passes because, you know, you have that whole passport thing for international travel, even though I've flown them before. Well, they don't even open their desk until like four hours before the flight. Well, we had like eight-hour layovers. We're like, well, what are we going to do? So we had this thing where it was like a travel pass. And they made, you know, they told us there at O'Hare, they're like, yeah, 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 you can use that to go over to the American Airlines terminal because we wanted to go check out the flagship lounge and, you know, go ahead and get through security and go to that lounge. We couldn't take the shuttle that was behind the bus that's, you know, within security because they only let you take the shuttle to the terminal you're flying out of, which is really annoying since we were going to be flying out of Terminal 5. Well, we tried it. We go all the way over there. We go to TSA. They look at it and they kind of laughed in our faces. They're like, no, this doesn't work. We need a real barcode. You can't get through security with this. Like, okay, now what are we going to do? We've got six hours or we had, I guess we had four hours to kill before the desk was going to open for us to get our boarding passes. Well, (laughs) Mike Zaccio recommended go buy a fully refundable Delta flight and go back over to Terminal 5 and use the really nice Delta Sky Club. We're like, really? Can we do that? So we did. So 
We get back over to Terminal 5. We, we had sat down on our phones. We looked for one. You can't access the lounge early, any earlier than three hours before your flight. So we were looking for a flight. We found one that, I don't know, went to JFK or something, bought it with points, got our boarding passes, went up. The line for TSA pre-even was super long, but oh, hey, guess what? We both have clear. Thank you, American Express. So we went through the clear line, the TSA pre-line we were in, went to the Sky Club, really nice Sky Club, and hung out there for a few hours until it was time to go actually leave, go to the front desk for Qatar and get our boarding passes. And then we went to, then we went back over to the American Lounge flagship. It was okay. It wasn't nearly as nice as the Delta Sky Club. And that was like, okay, well, it's time for us to get back to our gate. You know, the, you know, we got to get back over there. So then we went to the incredibly sad and pathetic Swissport Lounge in Terminal 5, <laughs> which is both Priority Pass and what they're using there for, you know, Cutter and I guess all the other international carriers that go out of it. So we lounged. I really, I, I felt like I did tricks that day with, by, oh, and we canceled our Delta flight too before it took off. So we got our points back. That's really funny. That's a hack that I feel like sometimes gets over abused. Like I know people use it just to go into airports and eat lunch in lounges sometimes, which like lounges don't have that great of food. So that's really funny to me that some people do that. But like if you do it once in a while, I think you're going to be okay. The airline's not going to like catch on and yeah, revoke revoke your account or anything if you don't abuse it much. So I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I just needed some place to hang out for four hours. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Okay, so let's talk about our hotels that we stayed used because I think we did have a little bit of Hyatt blinders when we were down there. Yes, definitely. So we landed and we kind of wanted like just a relaxing day in the first day in Bali because all of us just came off of these insanely long flights, like 25 hours of flight time. Right. It was in um, so Q Suites, so it was really great. <laughs> so we had picked the Andaz Bali, which is on Sunur Beach, and that is such a nice hotel. And I kind of wish we stayed an extra night there. That area was just really cool. It had a lot of beach bars and beach restaurants. You could stroll up and down and eat at some really cheap massages, and the hotel was great. Eight. Dollar massages, massages, you all. Angie and I went back twice, two days, two mornings in a row for these eight dollar massages. It was excellent, and it was called a forehand massage. We had two ladies working on each of us, one working on like your your lower body, and the other on the on your top. And we're we're flashing the world here. They're like untying our bathing suits and whatnot. We're like, hello, but <laughs> oh my gosh! I, although I I will say I did have some bruises because some of those places that they worked were a little, I guess, sore. But oh. Eight buck massages. I would, I would definitely have done a few more of those if we'd stayed there. Yeah. I was really thrilled with that hotel. Like our room, we didn't get suite upgrades because we want two beds when we're traveling together. So we don't have the option to get into a really nice suite. Those all pretty right. much have king, king beds, but our room was so nice. It had a patio with a big seating area. The bathroom was huge and excellent. Had a total washlet with a heated seat, which is like, <laughs> One of my favorite amenities is like when a hotel has a good bidet in the bathroom, it just like makes the whole stay that much better. <laughs> they had a really nice breakfast set up there. You could order off the menu and the selection was huge. I was just really happy with that hotel. I wish we'd have stayed another day there. I do too. But we left because we flew over to 
Labuan Bajo, I think is how you pronounce it, so that we could go see the Komodo dragons. And I talked about this with Joe with somehow I had A or Asia for Flyer account. And I booked the tickets for all four of us. And it was like so insanely cheap cash wise, including check bags, round trip, exit row seating. I don't know, $140 per ticket, I think, something like that. But our flight was very delayed. And by the time we got to our hotel, which I booked for us also through Rocket Miles, and that was, I can't remember what that one was. It was not terribly expensive. I earned a couple, I earned like 2,500 AA miles for booking that. And it was, I don't know, $150, $140 for two nights there. So pretty cheap. And it did have two beds, no free breakfast, but food there is so insanely cheap. It's, it's, it's crazy how cheap Bali is. If you can get there, you could live like a king or queen in our case. <laughs> but talk about our Dragon Day experience and our boat. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. So we had booked a boat tour through Pluck, which is kind of one of those online third-party travel booking agencies, I believe. And so we show up on this boat. It includes four snorkel stops and a stop at the Komodo National Park to see the dragons and one stop for a hike up a mountain to see like a really incredible view of that island chain. So we get on this boat for the first two hours. <laughs> they were having to manually pump fuel to the engines by hand to get us to the first stop. So we get off and I'm looking at the boat name and it's like the Ocean Queen. And I'm like, more like the Ocean Queen turd. Yeah. So <laughs> it was just kind of a rickety boat. And we definitely got what we paid for because the entire 12-hour day snorkel tour and Komodo dragon tour was $80. Right. So And lunch. It included lunch and drinks all day too. Not alcohol. Yes. We just, you know, water and soda. But it, it was the best snorkeling I've ever seen in my life. I can't even imagine what the diving has to be there because the snorkeling was insane. Yeah, the snorkeling, like, I, it's almost indescribable how good it was. Like, I'm going to be blown away for the rest of my life. And I don't even feel like I could ever go snorkeling in the Caribbean and be happy again. <laughs> like, I saw more coral, more fish, like, just, it was so excellent. It's really hard to imagine. I think... The best, it, we lucked out and we were able to see an adult Komodo dragon and we saw a baby Komodo dragon actually before we even went off on our hike across the the island and it was hot. And yes, everybody, we talked about it. My <laughs> shoe blew out. <laughs> yes, like two or three podcasts ago, you were talking about testing out all your shoes for this trip because you didn't want a blowout. And here we are walking across the Komodo National Park and Angie's shoe starts flopping in the breeze and <laughs> the sole is falling off of one the other one the strap broke and she held us together with a hair tie and it was just like the funniest timing especially after she talked about wanting these shoes to hold up I just needed him to make it through two days and it did not it only made it through half that luckily I had brought a pair of flip-flops with me so I did have shoes for the rest of the day but our poor little guy who was like an intern on the boat or whatnot when the when the sole completely came off my shoe, he carried it for me the rest of the hike. So that because there was no trash out there. But anyway, we lucked out we're able to see two dragons. But I think if you really want to see them, you have to do one of those liveaboard boats and be able to get there first thing in the morning because that's when they hang out on the beach and that's when they're a lot more active. Because there's oh, like fifteen hundred of them on the entire 
island and I can't remember how many acres they said it was, but it was a lot. So we even joked that like maybe the one that we saw was not really live, that it was an animatronic thing. <laughs> but we did see the eyes move and it, it you know, it, it didn't eat anybody. So that was a good thing, but, but that would be, and, and we know people that they've done the live aboard deal and they had a bad experience. So it may just be that boats over there are really held together with spit and bondo and oh, they're all in bad shape. <laughs> I don't know. It was a great day. There were a couple of times where we had to dock up against other boats to get to the dock. And ours was the worst of any boat we hopped across. <laughs> it was. It was. But they were really nice guys. Though. They were the really great. That worked on it. And it was, again, great, great snorkeling. The last snorkel stop is just incredible. But it was a little rickety getting into the water. Some of these docks and setups that they have are not great. But we get done snorkeling around at our last stop. We're all hopping back on the boat. And they're like, yeah, it's only about 30 minutes back to town (laughs) for the night. So we start pulling away from the dock. And like, I hear one of the, there's two outboards. I hear one of them rev super like high all of a sudden. And then they stop the boat. And they're like coming back there to start troubleshooting. And they pull up the one outboard. The prop has fallen off into the ocean. The queen turd now only has one outboard <laughs> with one propeller. One of the guys dives in with his snorkel gear on, swims around for like five minutes and finds the prop that fell off of the boat on the bottom of the floor, seafloor, and dives down and recovers it. But there's like the nut that holds it on or whatever is missing. So here he recovers the prop because they're like very expensive compared to what these guys are probably making off of these boat tours since it was only $80. So here we are with one engine limping back into town and that 20 or 30 minutes back to town turns into an hour and a half sunset tour because we only have one motor to get us back. Oh my God. And I think when when they brought that prop back on the boat and set it down like next (laughs) to the guy driving the boat, you could see every single person that was sitting in the cabin lean and out with their phone taking a picture of it. I would love oh, to read the TripAdvisor reviews for that particular company. We have to find out who they were. I don't even know the tour company's name to like not recommend them to our people at our group. I'll just say like you get what you pay for. So maybe don't buy the cheapest tour if anyone wants to go and see the dragons. Maybe step it up to like something in the hundred and hundred and twenty dollar range. <laughs> versus but we survived. What we, survived. we survived. It was good. We did. You were singing the Gilligan's Island theme song at yeah, some was. point during all of that. <laughs> I really was. I even posted that in our team chat. I'm like, why am I hearing this You know, playing in the background here? Because I just had visions that we were going to be living on one of those abandoned islands there for a bit. Oh, my gosh. Despite oh gosh. all of the crazy stuff that happened to the boat that day, which is actually probably going to be like one of the funniest things I talk about when I talk about this trip is how bad that mm-hmm. boat was. Like the Komodo day and the snorkeling was probably my favorite day of the whole trip. It was awesome. I really loved it. So then we flew our Air Air Asia return flight back to Bali. And we had hired a driver guide, whatever you want to call it, based on the recommendations from some people in the group who had been to Bali previously. And super sweet. This guy, you know, we arranged for him to do airport pickups for all of us and get us to our hotel. He took us to one of the one of the temples our first night there 
we did not realize how far it was going to be to get to the temple <laughs> on all those roads. We'll get to that in a minute. But then he picked us up from the airport when we got back from the Dragon Day, and we just sightseed all our way up to the Alila Ubud. And this is where we had our Hyatt blinders on. And we had heard from other people, Shane Fortune, who's in the group, had mentioned, it's kind of out far up, it's outside of town. Well, we knew we weren't going to spend that much time actually in Ubud itself, that we were going to go and see all the stuff around it. So we didn't think it would be that big of a deal. And the only thing that was really an issue with it is we were kind of captive for all meals and they weren't good. (laughs) There, There were some things that were, oh, that's really, really good. And others, it was like, Ooh, that's really not <laughs> at yeah. all. And service was not great as well. I mean, they were, again, super friendly, but they took island time to a whole new meaning in some ways. So, you know, the day that we actually did go into Ubud itself, you know, there's a, a bazillion hotels, but there weren't any Hyatts there. But there was also, there was a Four Seasons. I think there was a Ritz. So even if we wanted to stay at another really high-end hotel, there were options, but I think they was were a lot more expensive. But I my room was spectacular. I had a treetop villa. They didn't have any two bed rooms available, so each of us had our own room the whole time. And you were the only one that got a standard room on points. The rest of us all had to do villas. But yeah, I could have moved into mine. It was so big. It was huge. Yeah, you guys had really excellent rooms. You had the treetop villa, and Karina and Lisa both did pool villas. So not only did they have like this huge amazing room they also had a swimming pool in their own courtyard yeah so one night we hung out at lisa's pools so i think your rooms were like fifteen thousand world of hyatt nights and night points a night which is just insanely cheap mine i had used open hotel resort or open hotel alert to get the standard room for the nights that we were there mine was only six thousand points a night so, See, and I gladly would have paid that rather than the bazillion dollars I paid for mine because we didn't spend any time hanging out in our, you know, luxurious rooms or whatnot. We were in the yeah. car all day, every day. I guess the last day that we were there, we kind of hung out at the pool a little bit, but that was even down at the main pool. So, that, oh, well, I've got to say my room was really pretty darn nice, yeah. even though I was barely on the resort because yeah, I had, you your know. Your room was awesome. We came and took tours of each other's rooms and I loved yours. Like, yeah. I kind of wish I would have done it, but I was being just super cheap with my world of high end points when I booked this. And I was like, this is like, I'm going to get an Alila check mark, and that's going to be like my 10th brand explorer. So I'm going to get a free night from it. I also rolled over to Globalist and met it for next year off of this day. So, like, so much came together for me for a 6,000 point night room. So, yeah, it was pretty great. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I do totally agree. Like on the map, this hotel does not look like it's a long way outside of Ubud. But once we realize the traffic situation all over Bali, it just takes forever to get anywhere. So once we came back to the room every night, we didn't want to like go back out into traffic to eat in town. And we kind of got stuck with these bad meals at the resort. So yeah, and they aren't good at making mixed drinks either. (laughs) So if you like beer, I think you'd be okay. I'm, I hit my lifetime limit on beer when I was in college, so I don't drink beer very much anymore. <laughs> so it was kind of like, the only time I think that the drinks were good was when they did happy hour by the pool. Those were okay. Those those weren't too bad. So, so the prices on everything was just wild, though. Like, beers, maybe like $2 a beer. 
the mixed drinks during happy hour were, I think, six dollars, six dollars or so, because they were like eighty thousand Indonesian, which translates to like six U.S. dollars for mixed drinks by the pool. Because we had ate at the hotel the entire time, we put all of our meals on our room. Mine came up to like drinks, meals for three days was like $88 once it was translated to US dollars. So cheap for three nights. Yeah, three nights stay in a hotel eating and drinking. You you cannot actually, I mean, yeah, just crazy how cheap it was. Ridic- um, ridiculously cheap. Ridiculously cheap. <laughs> Let's see. So then our last night, we used an IHG free night certificate of mine from my $49 card to stay at the Intercontinental on Jimbaran Beach, which is super close to the airport. I wouldn't have wanted to stay there very long. It was a huge resort, huge. And it was a lot more expensive than other places. Like when we had dinner there, the meals and the drinks were a lot more expensive than what we had seen elsewhere in the country. But it was really nice to only have like a 20-minute drive to the airport the next morning versus the two hours, you know, the hour that it took to get to the hotel when we landed when we first got there. So it'd be good for that. I think it's one of those, it's a great place for people like to live in Singapore or whatnot. It's only a two-hour flight to Singapore from Bali. And it, you know, it's a so close to the airport. So I can see them coming down just for the weekend and it's still dirt cheap compared to what they would have to pay up in Singapore. So total points. So uh, let's talk about our, so then Alice and I went to um, Singapore for a couple of days. When we first started planning this trip, we only wanted to be there for really just a week. It's one of those, it takes a long time to get there. It was two days to get there. And I'm like, if I'm going to be that far away, I want to go see something else while I'm over in that part of the world. So I looked into how long of a flight is it to get to, you know, Australia or New Zealand and it's still far. It's like eight hours, I think. But Singapore, two hours. And I have wanted to go to Singapore since I saw Crazy Rich Asians. Of course I watched on the flight over. And so I'm like, I'm I'm gonna do it. So I plan to leave on Saturday. And you originally had a different flight booked. And then for a host of reasons, you were going to change your flight and I convinced you to come to Singapore with me. Yeah. So we had two nights in Singapore, one full day, but we like saw so much of the city during that time. We like walked our feet off. 22,000 steps that day. Uh We had stayed at the Andaz Singapore. It was 20,000 World Hyatt points a night. Totally reasonable. We were hoping to stay at the Conrad, but space never opened up for a standard night there. So yeah, because I had free night certificates that I really wanted to use there. But again, they would never open up standard nights. And the other places where we could have used them weren't as, in as a desirable of location because the Andaz was great. It had a metro stop right there in the base of the hotel, which, you know, we kind of messed up a couple of times trying to find <laughs> our way back into the hotel when we came back. But it's more the markings of the hotel than us. I'm sure of it. But yeah, it had, yeah, I mean, had nothing to do with those Singapore slings we drank. Not <laughs> at all. But it was great. We went and met up with another 101201 member, Scott Russell, over at Marina Bay Sands and had drinks and saw the Super Tree Light Show from above. And thankfully, Scott bought our drinks for us. Thank you, Scott, because Singapore's a lot more expensive than Bali. I think I spent more for my two nights in Singapore than I did for my entire week in Bali. By a lot, actually. And I paid for hotel rooms over in Bali. But then we went to the Newton Food, the Hawker Food Center that night 
and, you know, kind of fulfilled my dreams. And I tried weird things, which I am a very picky eater. So that was fun. You actually tried a ton of stuff on this trip that I didn't think you would try. In Bali, one of my top three things was to try the Kopi Luwak coffee, which is the coffee that comes from the civet cats that digest it, poop that it out. Poop they coffee. They wash it. They clean it. They do peel the shells off. It's like totally, totally clean. You're not drinking poop. And Angie swore up and down. She was not going to try this coffee. And she did. And I was so proud of her. And I did not <laughs> like it. I did not like it at all. At all. But and I drink. Do, I do drink coffee. So. Yeah, it didn't do anything special for me. I didn't find it like the taste that unique to like go out of my way to like have it in my regular life. But it is something that I wanted to try because it's unique to Bali. We also wanted to try durian. Yep. And our guide was so sweet. He was like, oh, yes, my mom has a durian tree in her backyard and I'll just call her and see if one has fallen because when they fall off the tree, they're most ripe and taste the best. So he call, picks us up that morning. He's like, I'm sorry, my mom didn't have a durian fall last night, so I don't have one for you guys. So as we're driving up, this was the day we went to see the temple on the lake in Bali, which is like in the northern part. It's one of like the top temples in the country. It's and we beautiful. Also, so gorgeous. And we also went to see the UNESCO rice paddies that day. So as we are driving along on these nice like back road, farm roads, we see a durian stand on the side of the road and he stops and we pull over. And here we are just like out in the Balinese countryside trying durian. Yep. And I kind of held my breath because I didn't think I'd be able to eat it until it was like in my mouth. Like if I would have smelled it, I don't think I could have done it. So I was kind of holding my breath. I took a bite and like, I actually liked it. It was like pretty good. And then I, and then I smelled it and I was like, Ooh, this (laughs) is real weird. And we had not used gloves picking it up and it's kind of gooey. And like, we got it on our fingers and I could smell durian for like the next four hours, even after like hand sanitizer and Going to the bathroom to wash my hands a few times. That smell just lingers like crazy. <laughs> it, yeah, but it tasted good. I don't think I'm going to go out of my way to buy it and eat it again. But yeah, yeah. So I, I was very brave. It's definitely not an affordable delicacy here in the United States either. Um, I think that roadside durian was like three US dollars. It was so cheap and affordable there. So perfect place to try it. <laughs> yeah, because if you don't like it, it's not like you just wasted a ton of money on it uh, at all. Yeah, Lisa was not a huge fan of it. She tried like one bite and was like, eh, no thanks. And Karina loves it. Like she devoured like most of the rest of it. So no, I, w- I was happy to try other things that they had there. It was like, okay, I'm ready. Let's move on. Something else. So after two very action-packed days in Singapore, I guess really a day and a half, not even a day and a half, a day and a night, it was time to come home. And my flight was much earlier than yours. I flew Singapore, the longest flight in the world, from Singapore to JFK. And I was in business class and people had told me to get seat 10A because that was the you know straight on seat, no weird angled bulkhead. They were wrong. It still had a weird <laughs> angled footwell, but it 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 was a great seat when you were sitting. I I typically don't do bulkheads because I don't like the proximity to the galley. And there was no bathroom at the front of the plane. 
which that was nice. I didn't have to worry about people like standing there to use the restroom or here and going in and out all night. But I definitely could hear the people in the galley working all night. But the seat was super comfortable and it was a huge in-flight entertainment system. And it was, you know, really, really delicious, delicious food. I probably have never had better food or better service on a flight. But it's such a weird seat because it's not like you... You know, your normal business class seat, you're sitting in, there's a little button, you push it and it can line and you get feet rest coming up and you can go lay flat and it's great. On this, you got to get up and like push buttons and flip seats and whatnot. And you're basically laying on the back of the seat and it's hard as a rock. It was just, it took firm to new levels. So I did not love that. And flying that longest flight in the world, it's like, you know, you sleep for a bit. You're like, oh, okay, good. How much time is there left? And you know, you you click the you hit the display to see how many hours left. You're like, oh my God, I still have 14 hours to go. <laughs> it was a oh long, gosh. it was a long flight. I cannot imagine how people in the back of the plane did that because it was that long. But I could check that mark off my list and that actually gave me an around the world trip. So I don't need to do it again. I definitely, definitely preferred Q suites to my Singapore flight, even though the food was probably better on my Singapore on my Singapore flight. But how was Etihad? It was pretty good. Comparing it to Q Suite on the way over is difficult. Like I really love that door on Q Suite. And yeah. once I got into my Etihad seat, I was like, oh, this is not very private. It's weird. <laughs> so I guess I felt really spoiled that we got the opportunity to all fly Q Suite. It was really great. My Etihad flight, the food was great. It just, I was so out of it, I think, just for exhaustion from the yeah. trip that yeah. I actually don't remember a bunch of it. I ate, I laid my seat down, and I like napped on and off for most of both flights. So I don't know. It's okay, which sounds like so spoiled to be I like, know. oh, gosh, we're business so spoiled. Class flight was just okay. So that flight for me was. Eddie had Singapore to Abu Dhabi to JFK. It was 87,000 points and like $120 in taxes. And these points were in my Aeroplan account since we planned our trip to Amsterdam in 2020. Oh my gosh. So these are like stranded COVID points that I was using on the Amsterdam trip that the four of us girls had done together. And we ended up having to cancel that trip two years in a row. And the third year we booked it, we had booked some other flight to return. That got canceled. Yeah. So these these aeroplan points that I used on this Etihad flight to get home from Singapore are points that have been sitting around forever. Oh, it's gosh. kind of like award trouble math. And this was basically free because it was just points <laughs> that were out there that I didn't even have to transfer. Like none of my balances changed except for that one random program over there that I hadn't looked at for a while. Oh my so, gosh. So like. It felt like this flight was basically free for me. <laughs> Award travel math. Yeah, I like that. Yes. I paid 112,000 points for my Singapore flight and everybody transfers to Singapore. For some reason, I transferred Chase points because I don't know. It, I'm just so used to transferring my Chase points that that was the thing to do. It took for freaking ever. It took a full 48 hours for those points to transfer. And I was stressing every day that that flight was not going to be there by the time the points arrived. And they finally did. And there used to be, you used to be able to call Singapore and put a flight on hold 
and they would hold it while you waited for your points to transfer. And apparently there are still some data points where people can call in and they've gotten to a nice customer service rep who will do it for them. But for the most part, they don't hold flights anymore. So it was very much a nail biter. But I have heard from other people that transferring from Amex is instant. So that will be my go-to path in the future if I do book another Singapore flight is to transfer from Amex instead. So I like your pricing way better than what my pricing Uh was. But I got to fly around the world. So I'm just going to, I'm going to take that as my win on that one. So that was good. I had transferred Amex over to Singapore just for like the two hour flight from Bali to Singapore. That was only 8,500 miles, Singapore miles for that flight. I don't know what you paid. I think you paid a little bit more because you had stranded miles somewhere. I had stranded but, life miles, my favorite. So <laughs> I used I used 14,000 life miles for that same exact flight. But you, tell us about your, your thing. Not only does Amex to transfer instantly to Singapore, I had booked a Singapore flight maybe almost two years ago. This was the time that I went to Scotland for the open golf tournament there. And to get to Scotland, we had flown Houston, to Manchester on that Singapore Fifth Freedom. When I transferred those Amex points over to Singapore, I instantly got an email that said, congratulations, you have earned Chris Flyer gold status. And there was a promotion I had no idea was even out there that if you transferred miles in, it somehow counted towards status. And I have had Singapore gold status for almost two years because they keep extending it. That's crazy. And I know. It's just like this surprise status. And I've used it like more than once. And we used it on this trip because when we checked in for our Singapore flight from Bali to Singapore, she was like, oh, you have status. You get access to our lounge that we use for our business class passengers just because you're Singapore gold. So again, my surprise status worked out for me and Angie to be able to go into a little bit nicer lounge than what the priority pass lounge was. So... Yeah, we should have actually ducked into the Priority Pass Lounge just to check it out since it was there. But yes, just to check I think out that both. was it. I think that was their whole exhaustion thing. It's like, I'm tired yes. at this point. I just want to sit here for a little bit and drink some coffee. But yeah, that was a really nice little perk and benefit to have that because we were in the back of the bus for that particular flight because we were both in economy on that one. It was a two-hour flight. He still managed to feed us a full meal and it was good food. It's like, okay, U.S. Airlines... Pay attention. Why can't you do stuff like this? So, yeah, that was that was great. Short flight, but really nice. So, what, what would else? you what would you change about our Bali itinerary other than the stay an extra night at Sonor and not stay at the Alila Ubud? Yeah, definitely. I thought three days in Ubud was too many days. I think the sites we wanted to see we could have done in two days, and. Ubud, the town itself, if we would have stayed in it instead of outside of town, we would have got all we needed out of Ubud in two days and would have ha- been able to have another beach day. Yeah. I think we also, if we would have known how crazy traffic is there, we would have like outlined the order of operations on a lot of stuff yeah. differently. <laughs> like when you look at Google Maps and it tells you like a time and a distance, just double that because everywhere we drove in Bali felt like it took forever. There's no highways. It's always either back roads that are windy, twisty. You have to slow down through these little villages or you're in crazy city traffic when you're like in the Denpasar area. It just took forever to get anywhere. 
the last day, we barely even got to see that IHG intercontinental property because we went down to the Uluwatu temple to watch a traditional dance and also just see the temple at sunset. And that took, I don't know, it took three, three hours, three hours to get down there between Ubud and there it took three hours and then like another hour to get back. And by the time we got to the intercontinental, it was dark and nearly bedtime. Yeah. We've got a pretty, pretty funny story about Uluwatu also, like funny in a terrible way. <laughs> Because the monkeys uh, at that temple are the naughtiest little monkeys <laughs> that have ever existed. So our guide warns us as we're getting out of the car, he's going to park the car and has dropped us off at the entrance. And he's like, just hold on to your stuff real tight. Like the monkeys, they're kind of bad. So just like, don't wear sunglasses, keep your phone like put away and stuff. And as we're walking in, we see a lady like casually holding her phone by the little pop it on the back a monkey runs up grabs it and runs off into the woods with her phone and we're like laughing and we're like oh my god like (laughs) it's true like these monkeys are so bad so we're going up we're like getting close to the temple and the next thing we know one of these terrible monkeys has stolen karina's phone and ran up onto the top of the temple with her phone starts chewing on it like is whipping the cover off, chewing on the cover, throws the cover away and is like running along the roof line with her iPhone. And we're like screaming at it. Some people are like throwing things at it. Someone's throwing food at it and the monkey finally drops it. It slides down off of the roof. A tourist catches it. And then there's these scammy people that are at the temple. That scammy person rips it out of the tourist's hand, takes it, and is like demanding money for Karina to get her phone back. So she ends up paying it and gets her phone back. And like, we're just real cautious around these monkeys. Angie was going to beat them off with a stick at one point. <laughs> they stole a water, but they stole a water bottle out of my hands. It was like, okay, I'm not going to pay to get a water bottle back, but I'm just standing there. It's like, they were fast. And part of it is because those scammy people have basically trained the monkeys to do this because the monkeys know if they steal something shiny that these people are going to throw food at them. So, hey, cool, I get food. And then they can throw the shiny thing away and the scammy people get the shiny thing and try to sell it back to the owner. So it's one of those, I, you know, everybody's like, oh, you have, you have to go to Uluwatu. You have to go to it and whatnot and go see it. You really don't. But I would have had so much regret if we hadn't because I would have thought, what did I miss? But you know, it wasn't nearly as pretty as the first temple that we went to at sunset that also yes. took two hours to get to and two hours to get back to our hotel. And we didn't have to deal with naughty monkeys at the first temple. But, you know, you're going to go. It's like when you go to England and you go to London and people say you don't need to go see the changing of the guards, really. But you do. You kind of just have to go <laughs> do it because you got to check it off the bucket list. So just be prepared. Keep your phone locked up. Don't wear sunglasses. We saw so many pairs of sunglasses scattered all over the ground that they had stolen or broken. Um, they're just, they're naughty little monkeys. They're awful. Versus the the lovely sweet monkeys that we got a monkey selfie with it at the Sacred Monkey Forest in Ubud. So they were cute. I like them. Yeah, they were cute. They were entertaining at the Sacred Monkey Forest. Definitely a lot nicer monkey experience there. Yeah. Let's see. I think if you're staying at that Alila in Uluwatu, the really gorgeous one that looks out over the ocean off of the top of the cliff, like 
the Uluwatu Temple is definitely like a go-to. But if you're staying somewhere like north of the airport, don't go out of your way to go there. The other temple we saw at sunset was called Tanalot. And despite it taking a while to get there, that one was a lot prettier out on the ocean at sunset than the Uluwatu one. So I guess just like pick what's in close proximity and definitely consider that when you're in Bali because just driving places is out of control. Yeah, that's pretty insane. What else experiences did we really like? We went to uh, off the beaten path temple for a purification ritual that I thought was really gorgeous. There's a temple that's shown on Instagram. You'll always see like influencers posting about this one. And we had told our guide, like we wanted that experience, but without the tourist factor. So he took us to a local, like a more local temple. And that was just really gorgeous and quiet and peaceful. And we got to partake in the purification ritual. So yeah, without the million other people there. That was one of the negatives to Bali, I think, is that it's been kind of overrun by influencers and Instagrammers. And so, you know, everybody's going to all these same places. There's this place called the Gates of Heaven, which are these beautiful gates that, you know, they've got this setup where they, you know, somebody takes your picture using a mirror underneath your phone. But it's still, it's a really pretty temple and whatnot. People will get there and stand in line for four hours to have their picture taken there, which is just, it's silly. There are gates everywhere. We went to one at Golf Resort. <laughs> Because of course, golf. <laughs> and it, it was it was pretty. It was up. The, it was up by the temple on the lake. There's a lot of places like that. They've just been kind of. I want to say they've been ruined by these people that are taking 500 pictures. You're like, get out of the way. I want to take my one. I wish we had actually kind of run our itinerary past our guide before we ever got there and said these are the kinds of thing the kinds of things we want to see. Do you have a recommendation? You know, like, oh, here's the one that all the influencers go to. Go to this one instead. And like the the purification temple, because, you know, he's the one that suggested that. And I liked it so much better without all the hordes. He said if we had gone to the main one that, you know, everybody has seen, he's like, oh, you'd have been, you know, rushed from station to station to station with everybody in line behind you, which would have taken a lot away from the experience. Totally agree. Okay. Well, I think that wraps up our, our lovely trip to Bali. We do not know where we're going to go next year. We call ourselves the tulips because we started doing this, the, these big trips with our trip to Amsterdam. So we call ourselves the tulip girls and we're not sure where the tulip girls are going to go next year. We like this idea of getting someplace that's our, our husbands don't want to go to necessarily. And that it's cheap once we get there because then, you know, kind of gets them off of our back a little bit about spending <laughs> stuff. So this this was, and even that total amount of money that I spent, there's a lot of it that I had a credit balance on my Capital One Venture X card. So a lot of that, I'm not going to have to pay it anyway. It's more free money. More free money because it's free. <laughs> it's free. But anyway, so not sure where we're going to go. So if you guys have suggestions, we'd be we'd be interested to hear what you think. One of the issues that we of course run into is that we all travel a lot, so it's hard to find a place that everybody wants to go or that somebody hasn't been to recently or that somebody doesn't want to go with their spouse. It it's so we're open to suggestions. And that leads us into our tip of the week. Allison, what's the tip of the week? Go to Points and Miles events and meetups to make friends because the four of us met at a meetup 
And we just started chatting. And over time, we became really good friends. And we all knew we wanted to do these trips. And we're great travel partners now. Like, we are. It's really excellent. We are. Now we've been on two really big trips and several smaller trips. And we we do. We travel well. And would not have been possible without points and miles and without going to meetups and meeting in person and then chatting online. So that's Mm -hmm. our tip. Allison, where can they find us? You can always find us online in our 100,000 plus member Award Travel 101 Facebook community. We have both our 101 level community and we have a 201 community that's a subscription based where you can jump into more intermediate and advanced strategies. Or if you want to book time with our team to discuss how to better your earning and burning strategies, check out our Award Travel 1 on 1 consulting service. You can also email us at contactawardtravel at gmail.com. And if learning in person is in is your style, check out our events for meetups. Our next meetup is in San Antonio by the Riverwalk, but I'm pretty sure we're sold out already. So we are sold get, out. get on the wait list if you'd like to come. And please support your Award Travel 101 community when applying for your next credit card. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.